Uh, welcome back to the Dip Dudes podcast. This week we got some some good news. Stock market's been pretty nice. Um, not been bad. Feels under false pretenses. I can't lie, but yeah, yeah. I, feel I like mean, that like whenever it's green, <laughs> we might be having some bank crises. But uh, I think everyone's just kind of taking a nice stroll. We've been there, done that. Didn't scare people too much. Yeah. And um, do we have more you know, bank talk? No, no, no I, I, I don't have any bank talk, but I don't know. I have bank no, talk. No, no, oh, Noah's I bank talk. Bank talk. Bank talk. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, Noah's bank talk. Do you want to talk about bank talk? Not in particularly, but I will if you want to. Um, okay. Well, uh... All right, starting with some bank talk. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it was a natural segue. <laughs> Unlike uh, your traditionally forced segues. Um, mm-hmm. So into the bank talk, <clears throat> there was bank this talk. Wall Street Journal report where they looked at the day after um, SVB went down. And I think it said that 25 of the largest U.S. banks gained $120 billion in one day. And yep, yep, yep. yeah, because the Fed increased their asset sheet last week. Did you see that? I, did I don't not. know if that correlates. I think I, I think that was talking about either. deposits. Yeah, uh, I am. He, he, he was saying a bunch of like people from the small banks just shifted their deposits to big banks. All the oh, U.S. banks okay, below one hundred eight billion dollars. I mean, below that level, lost one hundred eight billion dollars in the same period. So they took their money from small banks. And people moved it to big, uh, giant banks that they think cannot fail because even if they did, the Fed would bail them out. Bail them out, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just like the precedent the Fed's going to set when they let this SVB shit happen, you know what I mean? And then, uh, is it UBS? They bought SVB, right? They bought their uh uk assets and now they're like going under is what i hear um i'm not i, I thought it was second I, part I, th- I thought it was some uh some east coast uh bank that bought svb it was like first it wasn't like first republic first public the one that's going down it was like first citizen or something like yeah, first citizen bought it was it. Uh, I think okay. that is what it is I, I think i'm talking about something different then continue um, but pretty much, I think a Fed survey showed that nearly 44% of banks uh, reported tightening on their lending. And so they were also showing how, like, ton, they were inter- the whole thing was them interviewing a bunch of small bank owners because it's looking like shit for them, right? Their whole bread and butter is lending to small individuals and that's, and, and companies, and that's, doing very bad obviously svb traditionally you know lended to uh startups and silicon valley tech companies which i wouldn't say is you know the same thing as a uh no because they have it, it, you know an indiana millions bank of like dollars of, of deposits <laughs> well yeah they, they I, i'm also saying that like pretty like fast not like all the time but as a startup you, you do need access to your cash like really readily versus just some schmuck you know depositing their 250k into uh small yeah but bank. most most companies deposit with a large i mean with a small bank and then as you get bigger you gain those partnerships with larger banks right because you it's it's advantageous for you to do so yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like uh, you know, any startup is really going to just go ahead and partner with, you know, JP Morgan. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. It's It'll probably be more difficult for them to go through that, you know. And it would be much, you know, you get better customer service and, and whatnot and someone to actually speak with if you go to the, you know, your local Indiana bank or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so they were like, they interviewed this one guy who's actually the CEO of Indiana Bank. And this guy texted him in like the middle of the night and he's right when SVB went down and he said like, hey, is my money okay? What's happening? And he texted him back, yes, it's been <laughs> okay for the last 188 years. <laughs> and, 
it's just like these are really stable it's a really stable industry small banking and i think it's kind of a funny idea that a bunch of people would move their money to big banks because i would never do that i keep my money with a small bank um but just because i feel safer with it and so i kind of really I read, yeah you don't feel sure. safe in a big bank no even after that's, what the that's... fed just did last last two weeks I think they do that to a couple of them, and then they can't do it to it all. And whatever one they don't do it to is the one that Noah Hayes is gonna own. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair though, like we are not depositing over the FDIC insured amount, so like for us Joe Schmoes, it doesn't necessarily matter which. No, bank I'm a schmuck, in. of course, yeah. but like let's pretend like I'm not for a second, mm -hmm. right? Wouldn't someone I'm feel trying, safer I'm, depositing I'm a smaller bank? <laughs> I would never put my money with, you know, Bank of America or JP Morgan. Is is this like <laughs> some mind is exploded? <laughs> is is this some like devil's advocate type of ass backwards like fire up you're trying to bring out or you genuinely believe this point? I genuinely believe this point. <laughs> Who do you bank All with right. today? Uh, a credit union. Is that your main main bank? Yep. I keep my biggest holdings with my credit union, and they also have like a, a money profile and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. I get like a higher percentage back when I lock in for six months or something. Right. I mean, I also use a credit union, but I that's not my primary banker. Or, I mean, I no. guess it is in a sense, but, like, I have, like, multiple bank accounts just to, I don't know, have a little diversity. I felt no need to ever use one of those traditional big bank accounts because it, they're always getting you with random rates. And Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, no it depends on, on which big bank we, we are talking about because there's clearly like some big banks that are questionable like literally wells fargo today got hit with like a 98 million dollar fine i think and like we all know what wells fargo did uh you know 10 years ago five, yeah, 10 everyone years ago. knows what Wells fargo did. i'm just yeah. saying schools first isn't doing any sneaky shit with my money <laughs> and, and wells fargo you know what the hell they're doing like and you're yeah. telling me i'm crazy for thinking about this like it when it becomes so big like that and you have so many departments that have these different funds and people are giving trust in a 22 year old who's out of freaking yale who's you know <laughs> supposedly very smart but all he's done his entire life is play freaking super mario and drink you know Monster do, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Monster like, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I just so you, so you're not a subscriber to Too Big to Fail. No, I'm not, and obviously a lot of people are, and so like two to one, that's like fair enough in a room, right? <laughs> yeah. So. I don't think there's I mean, like I mean that was like the whole reason SBF was saved is that it was too big to fail. And like that's I we, I talked about it last week with Janet Yellen was getting uh grilled by the Senate basically like talking about this shift from small to big banks because the the Fed has guaranteed the safety of big banks cuz they're too big to fail. So what's the point in putting your money in a smaller bank when if it goes under the Fed seem like well that's business. That's kind of the direction that they have us believing based on their actions but I at the same time it's not like this small bank is necessarily going to fail true like no, do you feel like do you, obviously do you feel... these smaller banks are a little bit more conservative with their um, investments and... that, that's not necessarily true though because when you're a smaller bank you need to make more aggressive investments to like get a solid return on your money like that's not always smaller. true nah, i don't know about that you, yeah you, you just get a marginally bit better rate and then you're good <laughs> you sell it for three percent you buy it for five percent or you know you buy vice versa yeah i don't know if like i would agree that they're just casually like doing these crazy high risk 
investing strategies it's not crazy high risk but like they inherently have to have slightly more risk than a bigger bank to be successful banks with Why, less though? than 10 billion dollars in asset account for 43 percent of small loans to businesses in 2022 yeah i feel like small banks can offer you better rates if you're trying to get a loan especially a business loan and they traditionally that's where you would go for a loan and that's become you know kind of different over the last right a little shift it's like a little shift think about you're trying to get a personal loan for or like a a business loan for like your small business or whatever like you're going to go to a smaller bank and you're going to have a better chance of success because they take riskier loans than a big bank would I don't know if that's just like uh, an overarching. <laughs> uh, I, I think the thing with feels with like we're arguing about something just different. Risky. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm also not talking about like their upfront investments of you know giving out loans to people. I'm talking about what they actually do with your deposits once you put it in there. That's bank. what they do with your deposits. It's not all loans, Manny. We it's just mostly saw that it's loans. not all loans. SVB was like in all bonds at one percent, and they've no one was buying those, so they didn't have any any money. They had no deposit money to give out. Sure, sure, sure. They're definitely a lot, a lot of different investments. But I'm saying in general, they have to make riskier investments. When you're giving out a loan to a hundred restaurants, you know how many of them are going to fail. You get what I'm saying? Because restaurants fail all the time. And then you calculate it in there and then they give out these loans. You don't think they've like thought about it before, Manny? They're just like kind of fucking <laughs> wild carding it. And go, oh, let's just go with <laughs> the next, this pet shop. This pet shop's amazing. Let's give them $10 billion. Oh, fucking didn't work. Like, oh, at a 2%. <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe you're right overall that they are, you know, betting a little, you know, by giving out small loans to small businesses, like they fail more often than obviously, you know, when JP Morgan gives another billion dollars to WeWork and they end up going under. <laughs> but yeah. I, I just think sometimes the big banks with these schmucks on Wall Street fuck up. And I, I'm not saying right now, I wouldn't feel safe having my money in a big bank. I think SVB was the first one that they're like, oh, you know, we can take care of that real quick. But if another one, co- oh, shit another one <laughs> okay we can take care of that real quick but man if there's another one i don't know about the third one and that's the one that noah just decided to go into because manny got a bonus by getting a friend to sign up for a bank account like i, I don't know it is a weird time in, in the banking industry right now because it it seems so fucking fragile now but it does. Then, it's, but it, it, does, seems, it almost seems like it's like a like a fake fragileness because it's just expected that the Fed will come in and save and prevent any massive crashes from happening. What do you mean though? Because if they're saving these banks, won't that cause them to print money? Yeah. Absolutely. And isn't that going to affect inflation in a really terrible Absolutely. way? Right? So it's like, not. So do you see the graph that I, I sent you guys? Mm. Yeah. This was, that was like directly after the SVB shit. <laughs> yeah. So they just printed. I, I forget how much, but it was in the billions, and they just printed all that extra cash. And then I believe the banks, big banks went in and got that extra cash that the Fed printed as like a failsafe to ensure that these bigger banks also don't fail and they don't have, you know, bank runs. But do you get my point on how like they just can't go in and bail everyone out? No, I I agree. Yeah, I agree. Like this, like it needs to stop. (laughs) Like I think it's, uh, it's hard though because it's not like you're just dealing with this while the rest of the economy is all fine and dandy. We were already in shambles going into 2023 with these rising rates. I, I always think how like it's funny that the past year has trained our minds to never expect a rate decrease or you know no change at all we always expect the rates to to get hiked up again 
It's true. Yeah, I think it's kind of recent, though. What's recent? They've been hiking since... For the past like year. A, a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, before then, it was like... I was like, well, it's going to go lower. It's going to go lower. You guys hear of Signature Bank? Her yeah, didn't it. they fail? Yeah, they <laughs> failed as well. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Name any bank and I'll guess if they failed. <laughs> Re- recently they went under yeah yeah this is like within the past w- week or two hmm. i kind of don't mind the rising yeah. rates and like what this you don't does mind to banks. the rising rate would you mind this 13 hours ago signature bank stock plunges to a few pennies <laughs> they were already <laughs> like dropped too fuck dude like that's depressing man it is <laughs> But did I just hear Manny say he likes these high rates? Okay, so here's the thing, right? <laughs> I need an explanation for that. Oh, now I'm going <laughs> to sit back for this. Where's my popcorn? <laughs> yeah, I, need the to, rates. I need to hear your explanation here. Because I the do rates. not like these higher rates that I'm paying for these loans. <laughs> the rates rising mm-hmm. is like the washing away of the tide, right? Mm-hmm. You really get to see what's underneath and and who's floundering Mm -hmm. and like these these rising rates they kind of they kind of like eliminated the banks that had the highest risk and the Mm -hmm. ones that like were kind of a shell of a company to to begin with so it kind of just like proved who was not already doing well and maybe prevented a bigger crash if they kept on going another 10 years and then people found out that they were uh they were just a shell of a bank company, you know? What are you, a Darwinist? <laughs> so just in terms of the banking sector, you like the, the the rising rates, but everywhere else you don't? I mean, I kind of like it in the housing market, too, because now people have to... <laughs> oh, my God. Tell me you live at to... home by not telling me you live at home. Oh, my God, man. This has got to be a okay. terrible take. Can I just say, like, I might have mentioned this last time, but I think it's, like, kind of a, a misnomer to say that the people at SVB were the worst of the worst, and they got cut out because of some Darwinist reason, right? Like, they invested in tech in Silicon Valley, which has done horrendous in the last couple years. Yeah. And, yeah, they did some pretty terrible investments and whatnot, but it, they yeah, were but probably... hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course, looking back, those investments were bad. But like, how are they to know that rates are gonna be where they are now? That's kind of what I'm saying, right? And so I don't think it's like they're dumb, but it's it's like I <laughs> I don't think like they're the worst of the worst or anything like that, right? And just yeah, I don't, I don't have... think this is an Enron situation. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Well, that was a fraud, but like, I don't know. I don't think it's like that shitty phone company that ends up going out of business, right? It's they were. Yeah, I don't just... think this is the the one company that everyone hates that went out of business, and now we're all happy. Because if anything, it just points out the glaring issues with other banks. Because we're already like. We just talked about Credit Suisse last week and how they just like, didn't they just sell all their assets? And then to, I think UBS bought them, right? And then this, yeah, we just yeah, got by by First the, National by, by, by just is a penny stock now. Like, <laughs> I mean, these were all like trouble ridden banks that were kind of destined to fall. And this was kind of the last. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? No, they weren't. They weren't the trouble-ridden. The second biggest fucking bank I mean, collapse since 2008. <laughs> in, or in history, excuse me. They in were history. investing in the same stupid bullshit stocks and companies that you were investing in that you lost money on. And you're saying <laughs> and, that they're trouble-ridden yeah, and they're idiots. they're so stupid, Manny. What fucking idiots those are. <laughs> I have a risky port. If I was... If I was a large bank like SVB and I had a risky port, then that is that is deserving. <laughs> we need we need hedge fund manager, Manny. <laughs> oh my gosh. God we should move damn. on. 
We should, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. argue about we this need, for 30 minutes. Shuffle down. We should we should move I, on. I All have right. some uh, some more Disney news. I know we keep talking about it, but it keeps coming up. They just announced uh, three rounds of of layoffs this week. Many. <laughs> it's coming in waves now. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Take a guess on what the first division they laid off this week was. Yeah, I already I already heard the news. On the, <laughs> the meta on, first division. Yeah, the, the meta version. Well, that's got to be the last one hired, right? So it's not like that surprising. The most recent one hired is what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. La- last in, first out. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Pretty. They much. weren't lifo at uh, at Disney. <laughs> yeah, they're laying off seven thousand people, and they're saying this is gonna save them five and a half billion dollars. No way. Yeah. That's odd, actually. That's I know, what, You're paying right? them that much to be in the metaverse? I think <laughs> me just saying $5.5 billion right, th- right there has convinced Schmoopy to join the uh, team layoff <laughs> with Manny and I. I Se- no, 7,000 people is a lot, though. It's because last time we talked about layoffs, I forgot which company it was, but they laid off 10,000 people and it saved, up, saved them a billion. And, I, think that uh, was, I think it was meta or something. I think it was meta. That means they're paying those guys a lot less. <laughs> than Disney yeah, does. the it's only three percent of their their workforce, and it's saving them Damn. five and a half billion. Um, I, I might just be wrong with the math, but that seems like a lot. I don't know where they're getting that number, but it seems like a lot. But I do like that number. <laughs> <laughs> They, yeah. they also have a ton of employees, so they can always say we're laying off, you know, yeah, they, between they, they zero and five percent. Thousand employees, like that's you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but yeah, this news is like it was kind of a good week for Disney this week. They're up, I think, three percent, five percent. Yeah, they're up like five percent this week, which is like I was expecting bigger jumps when that layoff announcement came earlier this week but it kind of brushed it aside i think five percent is pretty good for layoffs <laughs> no i'm so usually when these like layoffs are announced i feel like these tickers will jump the day they're announced but i'm saying yeah. it's only gone five percent over the, the course of the entire week oh roger that um they also had some good news about their florida shit did you guys hear about that Mm-mm. no I thought they were getting like sued and stuff by employees in Florida. No, so the governor of Florida, DeSantis, he has been basically started with like the um, don't say gay bill and a lot of the legislators that were um, backing that bill in Florida um, were also getting money from Disney. So do you remember when Disney was under scrutiny for this um, last year? I do. Yeah. Um, so basically, they stopped paying those people and changed their stance, and that angered DeSantis. And so he basically signed a new legislative law that removed their powers from their their land. Um, it was a little bit confusing, but basically, back in the '60s, when Disney was buying up this land um, for Disney World. It was all like swampland and marsh, and it wasn't a priority uh, for Florida to, like the government of Florida, to develop that land for Disney World. Um, but they wanted the tax income from generated from Disney World, like obviously as soon as possible. Mm. And so they gave Disney basically their own, I guess, legislative rights over their land. Uh, because they've made like an, a massive community, basically. And this law that DeSantis um, passed earlier this this month, it removed their powers just as kind of like a fuck, fuck you, you know, Disney, for not backing this don't say gay bill. And it turns out that there's like a loophole for this, for this law that he signed. So Disney doesn't even lose any of their power. So oh it was my God. basically Wait, so- a big waste of, of time and effort, energy, money, you know, the whole shebang just for Disney to come through the back door and say like, oh yeah, based on this, we still have like power basically. 
I thought the main uh, reason that they wanted to like, oh, like own their own land or have some like special special privilege was the fact that it was like something about tax uh, exemption. I don't know if it was like property tax or like sales tax. Yeah, or something, I mean, was... obviously, I watered it down very yeah, heavily, yeah. but yeah, there was a bunch of reasons that obviously Disney wants to own that land and have the power over that land um, legislatively. But yeah, so, I mean. Smooth sailing for Disney from here on out? I don't know. Could be. Could be. Looks like it It hasn't been crazy running. Yeah, that's kind of why I was surprised, but I don't know. We still hold. We still hold. We're long. We're long Iger. But that was okay. just the quick, okay. quick Disney update. I don't want to talk okay. about Disney enough. We talk about it enough. All right, I got I got a little fun little Twitter story this week. Mm-hmm. Our uh, our friend Michael Burry admits that he is wrong for the time being. So I <laughs> think we talked about it on the pod, but uh, I said that he tweeted it was on January thirty first. All he said was sell. Just just one oh, word and tweeted right. it, and then and and then did the whole mysterious like delete, delete a couple right. hours later, and then uh, so his response to that today was just a couple words. I was wrong to say sell. So <laughs> just uh, two months later, he has admitted that the is not a good time to sell. And I mean, the market's been kind of roaring for the past month or so. So I think that's why he kind of had to admit it. It's just weird that he like deletes it and then like will admit to him saying it, even though it's not there. Just a just a strange man, but. What uh, what was the real kicker on this story is he also said that going back to the 1920s, there has never been, uh, there's been no BTFD generation like you, and then he later had to uh, explain what BTFD meant, which meant buy the fucking dip. <laughs> so he, <laughs> so he basically said there's never been a generation like us that has been buying the fucking dip since the 1920s and that was like that was his explanation for why the market's been turning around is there's been too much buying pressure which is like a no duh thing but he's blaming it on the younger generation apparently of course it's those young whippersnappers that's true though that's true though like, it, let's be honest it, it does have yeah he does have some truth behind it did you he when did we he have a podcast that? based off of that yeah obviously obviously i buy dips that's when it's on sale yeah, that's what we all buy <laughs> uh many you said he tweeted this at the end of january yeah january 31st he just said sell and then today he said i was wrong to say sell all right well the s&p 500 is down three percent from january 31st so you know well, rose colored his... gla- rose tinted glasses his short position must not be doing well if he <laughs> if he if he had to say that that's true and then uh the end of this article mentioned that just last month we found out that burry's firm made bullish bullish purchases on baba and jd no uh, way what's yeah to uh two chi- big like chinese companies like huge chinese companies when was and, this? Uh, sometime mid last month. Does he even run that firm anymore? I don't know, but his 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 name is on the top of the building. <laughs> his name so. is on the building. <laughs> okay, and then uh, in in correspondence to that, just this week, Alibaba announced they are going to split their company into six different smaller companies. Oh my Jesus God. Christ! That's terrible. Six. And and they and they jumped like fifteen percent on the news. Damn! Ooh, never sold a share, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't uh, Jack Ma just come back in the public eye too? Yeah. So Jack Ma returned back to China for the first time in over a year vacation. Yeah. Like he went like, so, he went like quote, unquote, MIA. <laughs> yeah. Because of yeah, his yeah, yeah. Uh, criticisms of China. <laughs> he like he like just went dark. So like that, that that's a big tie-in in this story of like oh like it just like miraculously got divided like right when he gets back. Like mm-hmm. you have to be thinking that like him and the Chinese government are having talks like while he's not in China, right? Where I maybe think that's kinda... what he was he was mulling over the past years 
how many divisions? Six or seven? Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> what are the six? But, Do you know? Yeah, it's cloud intelligence. Uh, so just like cloud computing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taobao, Tmall, Commerce. So it's kind of like, like say like Amazon's commerce section. Yeah. Um, local services group. Not super sure about that one. Smart logistics group. I guess that's you know your your logistics company of like moving your product back and forth. Mm-hmm. Digital commerce group. So just general digital commerce sales. And then media and entertainment group. Hmm. I feel like I could argue like two or three of these that you just mentioned are the same. <laughs> probably, probably. But the Chinese government probably wanted a nice six. You know, I mean, a lot, a lot of, a lot of slices to this pie, mm-hmm. so they don't so get, get anything too big. By splitting up into six, are they? Is there five new tickers for Baba, or is it just so, like an internal? Miss so here's the here's the interesting thing it, it they said that they're gonna seek fundraising for each of the different companies and that mean that means that they may or may not ipo so they some of them could be privately funded some of them could be ipo'd but the only one that is for sure not going public is the taobao tmall commerce group and that's because they have like some like integral tie and agreement with the Chinese government that like prevents so them they, from doing that 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 prevents them from like IPOing that. Hmm. Interesting. Just need to yeah. wait for Amazon to do that with AWS. <laughs> I was I was I was just thinking like their cloud intelligence, AWS, Taobao, like their um commerce, media and entertainment like they have a bunch of like movie companies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Why would like, they do that though? Why would they break so, themselves into six groups unless the government forced them to do that? Amazon. Because ideally, if you're under like the same, like, like they'd still be on the same team. So it's like, it's not like they'd be working against each other and then each company could kind of focus on exactly what they do. Like the the CEO of um, Alibaba, when they were making this announcement, he said it was to make each company more agile shortened decision making so you can take that with a grain of salt of like how true that is i mean it it does make sense and from a business standpoint you don't have there's less rungs on the ladder basically yeah it's kind of like dividing in in theory you can you know get more done without having to jump through more hoops this is just my opinion when Mm -hmm. google became alphabet and they brought all those different sections, like the alphabet, right? Mm-hmm. They marketed that as we're so vast, we want different groups to work on these things. They did that so the government couldn't sue them as a monopoly. That's yeah. why they did that. And that's my that could happen again even further. I theorize <laughs> Alibaba is not six companies now because Jack Ma is, <laughs> has this pi- pipe dream coming back from Thailand or wherever he was vacationing. <laughs> I think the government said, hey, you got to break this stuff up and that important information right there, we're going to see that. I guess the rest of it after negotiations, um, you, you can have in these other companies and we won't have oversight so that the Americans will do business with them and you can have it on the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. But this specific stuff right which now i am not invested in anymore as an investor because it's no longer part of the company um that i have purchased you know it they're they're taking that i think it's the whole it's all of the ccp that's my theory at least you think the entire reason of this split was all ccp pressure yeah it's it's marketing to convince you otherwise though yeah I would, I would actually I'd probably agree with you. Yeah, I don't think it's like a tinfoil hat take. <laughs> it, no, no, no. I think it, 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 it there's probably some validity in, validity in that, in the CCP heavily influencing the, their decisions. I don't think that, I actually think this is great for Alibaba because they've kind of created a foundation that they can now take off from again after kind of a rocky last year and, yeah i guess uh, it, it can like be seen as like a clean slate 
but yeah, what you kind we, of mean? yeah but as we talked about last time i think most big businesses eventually have to become tied with the ccp in china and uh it was just about time that they asked for a bigger you know foot in the game and they did with alibaba and this is what came out of it yeah you might be right it's also my first time hearing this so (laughs) how would they why would they jump 15 percent on this news yeah Yeah. um like if if uh, i guess this is more towards like noah and his ccp like um intervention comment but like why i don't know why is it seen positively because i think the stock market is afraid of uncertainty and with the ccp and alibaba like people knew that they were butting heads and like the uncertainty of what was going to happen is scary and hard to invest in but now that investors have a full picture of what's going to happen yeah, but I'll you're take... still investing in in Baba. You like you just said, there's still only gonna be one ticker. So in the eyes of the investor, it's still one company. No. Um. Well, I think on... it... Go ahead, man. I I think it's gonna be dissolved, and you're gonna get paid out. What do you mean? I think I think Baba is gonna be dissolved, and then. Each of the smaller companies are gonna have IPOs or private funding. You think the Alibaba group is gonna be no more in the near future? Maybe not near, but in the future. Yeah, I I think so. Like I I think that's part of the reason why it jumped is people are just going after it for valuation now because if it's gonna sell out at yeah a certain amount, I, I guess it gives you like gives the investor if they end up you know getting the funding they they require and you know ipo all these different different tickers like i guess you can see it as like you can invest more towards what part of the business you like right just like with like amazon and wanting aws to split apart to invest in that um and like maybe you it i don't know seems like putting a blindfold on to the CCP, I guess, in 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 the retail investors' eyes, right? Because it's like, oh, it's split up into smaller companies, so there's less influence. If I, you know, oh, the the what would the CCP, you know, care about this part of Alibaba's company? Why would I just invest in that part? Yeah, true. I also I think know. the reason why AWS has not split off yet is because the U.S. government heavily. Is invested in AWS and uses it. So you don't you don't think they use it if it was its own company? I think they would only it would only split up if they wanted it to be its own company. Mm. If the U.S. government wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I Bezos doesn't want it to be obviously, right? And yeah, I think they just don't want to split it up just because they know it's a hidden cash cow. Right. I feel like they they want to use that to you know cover up their cracks elsewhere maybe, especially on their financial sheets, right? Because if you take away AWS as, as its own you know ticker, you don't see AWS on an Amazon you know quarterly report. I agree. I, I, I think it's integral into their plans and they put their uh, they got ties with the US government through them using it not through you know, I, I don't think like lobbying even though I'm sure it happens and stuff like right. that and that's why they've been able to remain as one giant monopoly as I, you've heard me <laughs> <laughs> claim multiple times before mm-hmm. um, but just because the government finds it so useful I don't think the gu- if S- Salesforce has become a little bit of a monopoly within, um, I guess their little bubble, not much, right? Just kind of like the main player, but the government uses Salesforce a lot, so they're never going to do anything to kind of shut them down or, uh, you know, support <laughs> an antitrust lawsuit. And so I think that a lot of businesses like that, which are used by our government. 
mm-hmm. th- they that end security. up in the same way the CCP wants to have ties with these. You know what I mean? Not right. maybe the exact same way, obviously, but... Yeah, just different, I guess, end motives, and goals. This is maybe the only way I can visualize it, too, in my pers- perspective, because I'm, I'm, I can't believe we're investing in Chinese stocks, like, barely understanding <laughs> the culture, <laughs> the market. The, yeah, like, it, <laughs> it, it, it always is, like, a, a high uncertainty investing in China. And you always think, you know, we thought it with Baba um two years ago right and then it like all of a sudden it was it was doing so well and then it just took a sharp turn and declined massively so there's always that like unknown uncertainty with investing into china yeah speaking of china did you see that donald trump got indicted today what a, what a transition there <laughs> i'm pretty good at them yeah i uh, i did yeah it, it, it's interesting i feel like hasn't he been indicted before um yeah i think he has but this is the first time i think the president's been indicted after yes you're right uh, yeah that's yeah, yeah yeah no you're right i think bill clinton was indicted wasn't he <laughs> I did not have sexual relations (laughs) with that woman. (laughs) And maybe Nixon, but I'm not quite sure. Why is it Um, always for... Why are these always for sexual things? (laughs) Did you hear about this, Manny? Or do I need to explain it? No, I heard a little bit about it. It's it's about the Stormy Daniels payoff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out of like all the things that he's done, like what did what are we going after this for? Uh, I think that it could have swayed the election or something like that. Apparently, really, I thought they were. I don't know about. I don't know if they're looking into that aspect because if they do, then they're gonna lose. But I I thought it was for the payment um, to you know the hush money payment. Trump paid Cohen, who was his lawyer at the time, who then paid Stormy Daniels, and I think there's some... Was it was it through campaign funds or something? Yes, Is yes, there's some so uncertainty oh. between if that was, if it was campaign funds that he was using to pay her off. Gotcha. So I think that's the, the big, big kicker. It, it, does he even make oh, he must make so much campaign funds he doesn't even need them why do he people still, give him campaign I, like money he still makes like millions a year from people just donating to him for you know his potential uh, rerun Man, maybe I should become a politician I know right is this why <laughs> Mr. Dinkle can just like live because people just like <laughs> give you money for no reason Maybe they're they're just the mo- like they like the the hot heads and they just throw money at them. Uh, no the one's most- gonna know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's only us. <laughs> What's funny about Trump is I think a lot of his donations come from like the middle middle America blue collar, like making it paycheck to paycheck, but yeah, still doing, sure. d- still putting an extra fifty bucks in the Trump fund at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, like that's part of their expenses. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna lie, like it's <laughs> you sad. Gotta... I wouldn't like it's sad. No matter like what you like are leaning politically, like it's just so like sad to see people do that. It's really sad. I never and... understood. Well, I like I do understand it, but I never understood. I guess why we're allowed to donate to politicians. This might be controversial, mm-hmm. but it's based on exactly what you just said. I can get donating money, but donating money to a political party or to a specific yeah. politician, like what? What? Do you really? Like, have, you have nowhere else to blow your money. <laughs> like that's where you feel like putting your money towards is a political well, it's, donation. It's also like there's such high-end corporate donations, which is a huge problem and debated all the time. Right. right? To go after like everyday citizens. 
that are giving you, you know, tens of dollars. Right. Nothing, right. When you're that getting, you need. know, $50,000 donations, you know, on the back of a fucking end. business. Yeah. yeah. It's just sad. Like, it's sad to think about that. That's probably not adding up to that much money. But when you see particular politicians, and I'm sure Trump's not the only one that does it, right? Um, but no, they appeal, all, they appeal all to know, those people. Yeah. It, I, I know, right? It's just. <laughs> It's just gross, and it makes me feel bad for like participating in it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just it's crazy how I think it's funny that like Trump paid hush money for this affair to you know obviously be hush hush, <laughs> but we like knew about it like f for five years at this point. Like it didn't work. <laughs> What was the point of the hush money if it didn't hush him up? <laughs> you know what I would like to see is a third-party politician, like the Green Party. Oh, this is perfect. Get that Green Party lady, and I want her to do commercial deals with Patagonia <laughs> and oh, like okay. <laughs> like some okay. water company or yeah, something like okay. that. And anything green, right? But commercial <laughs> yeah, just, deals just where they're paying her like you know tons of money and she has she's wearing it everywhere yeah she that would be like like pretty smart but obviously but what about like a libertarian guy he could like be patagonia would never take it like do a political donation but it's a green party come on i say that i'm gonna google if they have done that because <laughs> i would... definitely would take a political donate they, they donate so much political money all most patagonia? businesses do yeah for sure I mean, we just talked about Disney lobbying. I, I, I'm it's sure they lobby for at least some green stuff. You get what I'm saying? But I would assume it goes far beyond that. Like, think of Chick-fil-A. Like, everyone has a stance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems so weird that these companies are so focused on, like, making a profit and being efficient. And then we'll blow, like, a couple of dozen million on some lobbying. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that, really going to... Because that billions of lobbying will will produce many more billions in profit so it's it's just kind of like the cost of doing business in in modern you know capitalistic society <laughs> like if, if you aren't paying people off in the government to get your way what do you what are you really doing right <laughs> if you guys <laughs> sat down with your significant other Mm -hmm. uh, and they and they were like, hey, we're gonna go to a, a dinner party with another couple. Mm -hmm. And you met the other couple, and let's just say the man introduced himself, and he goes, "I'm a lobbyist." <laughs> what what do you say to the, the, this other gentleman uh, in front of you? <laughs> I immediately think this guy's a piece of shit. That's the first <laughs> first impression. After that, probably too much of a pussy to to stir something up for the rest of the dinner night. So I sit sit back and sip my wine wow that's the most relatable fucking thing i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> uh but like i would be so interested though I've, i i have no insight into this this the fucking industry that you know i understand how it kind of works from like a really base level but i almost feel like i'm at that curve you know like that bell curve they talk about when you don't understand something and then you start to understand it and you realize you don't understand anything yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's i feel like i haven't even reached anything with it <laughs> this is <laughs> like i'm a i'm yeah far down that's the line how I feel I'm about be options because like one morning i'll wake up and be like yeah i know options like and then i'll find out about a new like <laughs> a new term among <laughs> in that like relates to options selling and buying and i'm just like fuck i've lost all knowledge i don't know options anymore i've, I've watched like an a youtube video with a thousand views of some guy that trades options and i'll click on it and he'll just be saying such jargon that i yeah. couldn't comprehend or yeah. make out and yeah. i'm like oh, okay let's move on <laughs> <laughs> and i kind of just think to myself like is he just a genius and i'm just the biggest idiot in the world or <laughs> yeah what sucks is like stuff? it's not like i'm not trying to seek resources for this knowledge but whenever I find these resources for this knowledge, it's just so like overwhelming that I just it's hard to comprehend with my peanut brain, my peanut investing brain. 
Unfortunately, I do feel the same way. <laughs> um, speaking of my peanut brain, I did see a story that BlackBerry only made $151 million in sales last year. And they lost, low. they lost $500 million. Oh, my God. I mean, I heard over the past year they've been losing their best salesmen. So yeah. When you nice. when you lose your salesmen, you stop lose. You start to lose sales. <laughs> Just there's say, a direct boys. correlation in number of salesmen <laughs> yeah. and number of sales. I think that number would have been a little bit higher up. Yeah. If, <laughs> there, there might be one fifty two million if someone was on their team. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. That was just damn fucking BlackBerry. Isn't that crazy that if you made a million and a half in sales, like at BlackBerry, you'd be one percent of their entire sales? Like that, that really puts it into perspective. Because don't you think that's doable to be like a a middle salesman and do a one and a half million in sales? One that's and not half crazy, million. right? For cybersecurity, uh, it depends on the customer size, obviously, and it would be fucking hard, yeah. <laughs> It would, <laughs> like if you were an enterprise cybersecurity salesman selling to big businesses, that's literally like two deals. But you probably close like was two there, deals a year. Was there revenue? Yeah, exactly. Two deals a year. One fifty-one million, or was that their just profit? Where they had a negative revenue? I mean, I honestly closed out of the market oh, okay. story. I don't care then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do care about is China. We're going back to China. China. Dude, we brought it up last last pod, but I don't think we realized what's the the shift that we're seeing with China, but they're they're getting their hands in everyone's cookie jar. We were just talking about China three seconds ago. <laughs> you just segued back to what we were just talking no, about. No, I'm talking about oil, baby. What do you think? Oh <laughs> He's doing a wraparound. Yes. He's doing a wraparound. You don't wrap around back to China? Okay, we'll talk about China. I, China was my segue to Trump. <laughs> well, China to Trump, Trump to China. And we talked about hush money. <laughs> but basically, okay, what happened like, in oil? China's been obviously trying to weaken the, the U.S. dollar and trying to make um, the Chinese yuan used more readily. Right now, it's only accounting for 7% of foreign exchange trades. So pretty low, I would say. I think uh, the U.S. dollar is like eighty percent. Well, I personally um, trade all my stuff in yuan. So yeah, yeah you do. Did, well, uh, it's... did Xi Jinping come come tell you to do that? Because that's what he did to Saudi Arabia. You know what? I don't know if I want to post that part online. <laughs> um, <laughs> Manny editor, please cut that. <laughs> Jinping broke my bank account into six different funds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. What are they doing to push the, their currency? Um, well, they're trying to get Saudi Arabia to start pricing oil in in the yuan. Um, right now, yeah. it's, right now, it's they only price it in obviously USD. They do sell. Um, their oil in the yuan to china and that's since 2018 but it didn't really do anything to the dollar clearly um but yeah china buys 25 percent of saudi arabian oil that they export it's like i just talked about this last podcast yeah no you talked about iran and saudi arabia getting getting back in bed together because China mm. helped them through that yeah, deal because they want to trade it this in is Yuan. A, this is the continuation of that. Okay, so what and, happened? And, and we wow, talked man. about how why China wanted to do this, and now Calvin is following through of why China wow. wanted to do that. <laughs> wow. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Um, is, so is there another part of the story? On Wednesday, um, China's biggest trading partner, Brazil, said that they would use local currencies for their bilateral trade. Um, instead of the dollar, so another step towards the yuan um, supremacy. Um, and I also yeah. saw I, I I saw that wording in a in an article. Mm -hmm. Do you think that when Brazil is selling the oil, China's buying it in what's Brazil's currency? But whatever, you know. <laughs> no, it's, it's not just oil trade. 
They it was just okay, all okay, bilateral so, trade. All right, so so trading when when China's buying it, you think they're buying it in Brazil's currency, and then when Brazil buys, they're buying it in the yuan. Um, whatever local currency means, I think it just depends on who's who's buying, who's the one buying, who's the one selling. So I'm I bet you're right. Because um, it it it, sa- it sounds like uh we're gonna help each other. Yeah. To strengthen like like yeah. Well, each, in in China's been like influencing like communism. Bra- Brazil a lot um, in the past decade. They've been obviously like obviously China is sorry Brazil is China's biggest trading partner. Um, yeah, I mean Brazil is a huge trading partner. Yeah. Are they close to China ge- geographically? Mm, not really. Actually, what? no. No. You know what I heard the other day? Not to just throw the dumbest thing in here but if you go straight down from new york you'll mm-hmm. eventually hit the pacific ocean yeah would you cross over south america because i think i don't even think you do i think rio no i think rio lines up with the east coast like i'm pretty sure rio is three or four hours ahead of west coast I'm pretty sure you go through like the Caribbean islands or something like that, and then you eventually just like land in hmm. the Pacific. Somehow. This is this is this is why I mentioned the globe the other day to you. <laughs> Could you imagine if I just turned to my right and just was browsing my globe? <laughs> no, like per- Peru is closer like to New York if you go straight down than Brazil is, which is on obviously the west coast in Chile. Nah, you're just like New York is not east, like at all. When you mean straight down, you mean like following the latitude, like you just yeah run correct. your finger down the globe. Yeah, like <laughs> you know how people fly and stuff, you know. Mm. <laughs> okay, whatever. Let's Moving move on. on. <laughs> so, the China's National Oil Company cle- completed its first um, liquefied natural gas trade with the yuan as a currency they bought it from a french petroleum company and what was funny is this french petroleum company that sold it to china they got it from aramco saudi arabia and that's all they said they were just like oh yeah we bought it from them and that's all we're saying (laughs) they didn't like go into further detail on that they just seemed to be very uh tight-lipped about selling the first um trade in the yuan in terms of like oil mm. so they didn't say like how much they bought is that what you're saying yeah, yeah they didn't like, say like amount they didn't say like price i'm pretty sure gotcha i mean the first trade's gotta be a little tester it's not like they're gonna <laughs> buy a tester. half their supply yeah but like I, don't know, I just think with the usd like pretty strong right now it does seem like it could it could start to fall back down to where it was um, back, you know, in November, December. So remember when when the U.S. U.S. dollar spiked earlier this year in power. Mm. So I think it's I think it will start to slowly come back down. I don't know if China, you know, getting their fingers everywhere it, right away is going to affect the dollar because they've been trying to do it for since you know the inception of of china <laughs> trying to limit the power of the, the the usd but like china's also helping since the inception of china thousands of years yeah, ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right when they were trying to limit the usd yeah of course back when the us dollar was uh was well and well and alive I heard they built the Great Wall with Using USD. US dollar, yeah. <laughs> it was backed by US dollar funding, actually. <laughs> uh, but no, like China's, it's not just oil that China is, is doing. Obviously, uh, we touched upon um, Iran and, and Saudi Arabia getting back into bed. And China's also trying to get Saudi Arabia and Syria back on good terms. It seems like China is just trying to get get into the middle east and just limit the the u.s influence um and thus increasing their their you know chinese yuan but they've been they've been helping saudi arabia with uh 
with their arms. They help them develop um, some ballistic missiles, and they're also helping them with their um, their nuclear power, their nuclear energy, and possibly nuclear arms. Helping helping them with the good old uranium yellow cake. China will be friends with anyone but the West. It literally doesn't matter who you. No, are. it doesn't, because it's all it's all personal gain on their end. And like obviously, Russia has been using um, the Chinese yuan ever since they've had Western sanctions on them from from the old Ukrainian war. Well, it wouldn't be a, a pod without Calvin giving us a little oil update. I had to. That's for sure. You I said got... I'm the oil man, so I gotta <laughs> stick to my name. <laughs> I got a last story yeah, for uh, Manny real quick. Mm-hmm. I saw this report today that <laughs> pretty much work from home is ending. Oh, <laughs> no. No. And I think it's about 77 or 76% of employers say that all of their employees rarely or never are remote so if you think hey i'm gonna quit the job i hate now and do what all those other people are doing to get a remote job i think hybrid remote is is becoming much more normal it's not that's what the whole article is about (laughs) really (laughs) really i mean you're hybrid remote you think you're gonna there's like five people on my company. <laughs> well, we don't need to see each other the, every day. Knows the thirty <laughs> percent. He's the opposite of that stat line. <laughs> there's okay. There's not five people, but like it, it with certain fields, obviously you don't need to meet as much, right? Right. Um, and that's why software engineers can very easily work from home. That's a, it's a dedicated field to be able to do that type of shit. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um. But <laughs> we really stretched it, guys, in the last couple of years. It has, <laughs> honestly. I feel people like people got comfy, they got a dog, like, you know, it's yeah. It's a big commitment. Out of all like pandemic esque things, you know, work from home has stuck around the longest and workers are gonna drag it. They're trying to drag How about it. This? W- w- we, workers are gonna go kicking and screaming. If we look at an accountant this mm-hmm. is the view of Noah, the Zoomer, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fine if they work from home a majority of the year. But during tax season, I want my accountant in the office with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I just think that there is something to be able to communicate with your team. I want you to have a team if you're handling my taxes, right? right. I want there to be split responsibilities that are delegated to the other people. And you just can't do that when you're working from home, pinging someone, and Manny is like playing CS:GO for five hours instead of actually filling up the spreadsheet. He's sleeping in till noon. Just turned his laptop on at eight. Kept a little Microsoft uh, Teams away. Mouse jigglers. Like mouse jigglers were a huge thing. Is that not like a sign of that this isn't a good idea for our economy? I think that was an immediate sign. <laughs> yeah, that's an immediate sign. People are like, they uh, can tell when you it, plug it, like, it in, so just use the jiggler. I've said this before, but like, it depends on the person for, and obviously the the department and what their what their responsibilities are for working from home. Because obviously, the person who's buying the jiggler may not be the best person to work from home. <laughs> if they're finding ways to circumnavigate doing work. I And I hate to say it, like I might just be a jerk saying this, but if I had two software engineers and one came in every day and kind of like talked to me about how he was doing and the other one just like sent me an email every day, I think I would give the one that talks to me like a bigger raise eventually, you know, because you just have more human interaction with them. And I know that seems fucked up and whatnot, but unless yeah, the other the guy's truth, just though. doing... Because tremendously I mean, better higher work, ups right? in companies, they they don't really all the lower workers are are a number on a spreadsheet at the end of the day to them. So when there's that human interaction, you obviously kind of learn more about the person. But they don't they don't like they don't notice productivity. They only see your hours. 
So yeah. <laughs> it's not for real though. Like, your hours does not equate to your productivity. So and that's something you got away from with remote work because they didn't see when you clocked in and clocked exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, they may not have seen those hours, and they may Which not is a have bullshit seen measurement. It is. It, it's such an outdated measurement because you know when my coworkers are staying in after hours, staying clocked in on their phones like waiting for traffic to die down to leave to go home and then you know compared to someone who's doing two or three less hours but getting the same output and productivity done that doesn't mean that the person who put in you know x more hours is more productive i totally agree and people work differently people's brains work differently at work yeah it's it's just i don't know they're they saw the pandemic right with working from home and how there are different ways to accomplish the same work and it may not be the same cookie cutter model that that you're used to i i I completely agree and i think that is a great place to end the pod because i think daniel left (laughs) (laughs) you still here you guys you guys just had a bunch of great points I, i couldn't even add anything yeah you're just dumbfounded over there Chin did you see the us. new? Did you see the new Hummer EV? Oh God! And Man, just like that, that, we gotta end the pod. Okay. What more can we throw under this podcast? <laughs>